Shas Illuminated presents the following shear by Rabbi Meir Turin. Mesechas Yevamis has been dedicated in honor of Rabbi Aaron Kaufman, Rosh Yeshivas Ateres Shmuel of Waterbury. Today we're going to be talking about Mesechas Yevamis Dafkuf Hay. Now the Gemara previously on Dafkuf Dalat on the base had brought down Shalchulel Avua de Shmuel, they sent to the father of Shmuel, Yevama Shirakaka, a Yevama who already spat. Now one of the brothers, the halacha is that now she can only do chalitza, she cannot do yibum anymore. From here we see that through the rakika itself, she becomes nisso on the brothers for yibum. And the only eitz of her now is chalitza. Now the Gemara says this, that this halacha is the like Rabbi Akiva, not like Rabbi Akiva, because at this point the Gemara assumes that according to Rabbi Akiva, the rakika itself will not passle her upon the brothers. On this, however, the Gemara asks, on the end of Kufdal Damabez, Did me Amar Rekiva, Rekika Leipasla? Did Rekiva hold that Rekika itself does not make the Psal? After all, we have a Brisa which says that if the Yavama removes just the shoe, Nalach is that the Chalitza is Kasher, even though there was no Rekika. And this obviously does not work out like Rabbi Lezer, because Rabbi Lezer had held that anything which is a Maisa, Anything which is an action that the Yavama is doing is ma'akiv, and Rikika falls under that category. So, this Brisa that says that the Chalitza itself, removal of the shoe, even without the Rikika, it's still a valid Chalitza, is forced to say this Brisa goes according to Yakiva. The Chalitza itself is good enough. And yet, in that very same Brisa, it says that if she's Rikik, if she spits at the Yavam, even without removal of the shoe and the Kriya of the Parsha, the din is that it makes a psal. And we can say that the kavan of the Braisa is that it says that there's a psal. It just means that she's possible from getting married. I mean, that's obvious. Obvious just spitting itself is not enough to imater la'alma. Al-Karch, the kavan of psal that we're referring to over here in the Braisa is that it makes a psal even to the brothers. And Al-Kapanam, we see clearly that according to Rabbi Akiva, even Rikika itself makes the psal on the brothers. Now in that brisa, though it says that she spits alone, that makes a psal. However, that very same brisa says if she just carry the parsha by itself, that would not make her apostle on the yavam. And the Gemara wants to know what is the difference? How come when there's kriya without rikika and chalitza, income based mechlash, it does not even make a psal? And yet when there is rikika, the spitting without the kriya and the chalitza over there, there is a psal. The Gemara answers that when it comes to the Kriya Saparsha, in the Chalitza procedure, there's a Kriya that happens before the removal of the shoe, and there's a Kriya that happens after the removal of the shoe. And therefore, even if we would say that she's allowed to go ahead and be have Yibum, even after a Kriya, people will not make a mistake and think that she has a Heter to do Yibum even after a Chalitza is done, because people will assume this must have been just the Kriya that happened before the removal of the shoe. And therefore, no kilkul could come about. Mashiachim, when it comes to spitting, since in the chalitza procedure, the spitting is supposed to take place after the removal of the shoe. So even though over here there was no removal of the shoe, but people don't know that. They just see that she spat, and yet she went ahead and did yibum afterwards. So people will say that one is allowed to do yibum even after a chalitza. And therefore, when it comes to Rikika, and we make a psal, when we say after Rikika, though there was no Chalitza or Kriya, the Rikika itself makes her puzzle upon the Yavam. What comes out from our Silya is that this Terebikiva holds that a Yavama Shirakaka becomes now Asa to the Yavam is Xerid Rabbanan. That since, generally speaking, the Rikika comes after Chalitza Sandal, people mistakenly might say that one can do Yavam after Chalitza. And therefore, the din is that as long as she does a rikika, no matter when, it makes her possible upon the yavam. However, if one looks in the Rambam in Perik Dal Mehilchas Yibam Dalad, the Rambam writes a fascinating thing. The Rambam writes, Rakuka If she just spits alone, that itself is considered like a chalitza psula. However, if she just reads the parsha, the psukim, that is nothing. Shenemar, the Ramah then proceeds to bring in a Pasuk. Kacha ish, so it should be done to the man. Hamaise shehu achalitza v'harakika hu shemayl. Only an action similar to removal of the shoe and spitting, that's what makes the problem. Avo akriya, eno However, the kriya 
your reading of the parasha is not ma'akiv, and it does not help as far as making a psal either. The Magamishna over there points out, this is the Rambam Paskins, that when she spits itself makes a psal. He says, that's Mavur in the Gemara Nivamis and Afkuf Hayamad Aleph, according to Rabbi Akiva, who he paskin like him, that he holds that there's a psal with Rikike alone. However, the Magamishna is very bothered with two very powerful questions on the Rambam. Number one, he says, the Rambam is mashma, that this that the Rikika itself makes a psal is a halacha min hatayra, from the fact that the Rambam quotes a pasuk, kacha ish, where from there the Rambam dashins, anything which is a maisa, like the removal of the shoe, and the spitting, hushamayl, that's something which makes a problem. Mashenkin kriya, which is not a maisa, is not ma'akev, and is not ma'elas. But the Gemara says clearly, that this, the Rikika alone, passes according to Rabbi Akiva, is not because of any pasuk, but rather it's a gzerah derabanan, that because rikika is something that happens after the removal of the shoe generally, if will be matter to do ibum after rikika, people will mistakenly think that she had chalitza done, and yet she's still mutter lisyabim. But yet the Rambam brings down that it's a drasha from a pasuk. Number two asks the Maga Mishnah, that according to Rabbi Akiva, who we paskin like him, we don't darsh in the Pasuk, Kachaye Asa, that anything which is an action is what the Pasuk is referring to. This is the drush of Rabbi Eliezer. But rather, according to Rabbi Akiva, we darsh in, only Kachaye Asa Le'ish, only something which is an action in the man, in the Yavim, the Hainu, the removal of the shoe by itself. But Rekika, spitting, which is not considered a Maisa Be'ish, the Pasuk is not going on. And therefore the Magamishna ends off with a Tzarech Ian on the Rambam. Now as far as what the Rabbah Magid writes, that the Rambam paskins like Rabbi Akiva, because the Allah is like Rabbi Akiva, so is Mavur as well in the Rambam in Perikdal and Alchir Beis, where the Rambam paskins that the removal of the shoe itself is a Kashra Chalitza, and is not necessary to do the Rikika as well. Even though Rabbi Akiva is arguing with Rabbi Eliezer, who was his Rabbi, Afilu Haqi, the Archonah, writes in his Sefer Bikur Yaakov, in the end of the Sefer, in Teisefes Bikurim, in Simen Tafresh Chafei Sifkatim Beis, that even though Rabbi Eliezer was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva, Mikol Makayim, since Rabbi Eliezer was put into Cherem, he was a Shmutzi, therefore we always follow the Psak like Rabbi Akiva. Over there he's writing a Tshuva, as far as this, that we paskin like Rabbi Akiva, even though he's Chalik with Rabbi Eliezer, his Rabbi, and he brings over there Kava, Mekayimus, and Shas, and one of them is our Gemara, where we see that we pass in like Rabbi Akiva, even against his own Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer. But however, as far as this other Kasha on the Rambam, number one, why is he quoting a Pasuk if according to Rabbi Akiva, the whole soul is only a Psul Midrabanan, and number two, the Drasha that he uses, Lechera, the Drasha of Rabbi Eliezer, not the Drasha of Rabbi Akiva, this is Adayin Sarchin. Now the Gemara continues, and the Gemara says, Amri some say, Hachi This was what was sent Yavama a Yavama who ended up spitting before the removal of the shoe. Tachlitz, now she just goes ahead and removes the shoe. It is not necessary for her to spit another time after she removes the shoe. On this, the Gemara asks, but don't we need a sidron? It has to be in the Seder, the way it is written in the Psukim. And in the Seder, the Psukim, the Rikika comes after the removal of the shoe. So how could we say that it is kasher, even though she spat before the removal of the shoe? On this, the Gemara answers, the Seder is not ma'akiv. And therefore, it is kasher in the Eved, even if she first was raikik, and only afterwards did she remove the shoe. Now, the Ritva explains that even though it says in the Pasuk, Kacha yeyasalish, and we know that generally kacha is always the lashna bikuva that is ma'akiv to be done in this specific way. Zakter Ritzva hachi gemirluhu, they had a kabbalah that there is no ikuv when it comes to the seder of the spinning and the removal of the shoe, but rather the only ikuv is as far as Rebbe Yezer, anything which is an action is ma'akiv, the hind of the spinning and the removing of the shoe. Mashenkin according to Rabbi Akiva, only something which is a ma'isa be'ish which is the removal of the shoe is Ma'akiv. But Al-Kopanim, as far as the Seder, they had a Kabbalah, that this is not Ma'akiv. Now the Gemara then brings a story, that there was a Yavamu who came before Rav Ami, Rav Abba Mamo was sitting in front of him, Raka Kamikami she ended up spitting before she removed the shoe. 
Rav Ami told her, Tigra, now remove the shoe and it will be over with. Rav Ava asked, But doesn't she need a spit? So he told him back, She already did spit. The Gemara asks, what, what's the big deal? Let her go ahead and spit a second time. And that the Gemara answers, Something bad could come out of it if we tell her to spit a second time. Why? Because if she spits a second time, people might say that the first Rikika, less be Mashasha, was nothing. And therefore they'll come to allow a Chalutza to marry the brothers. Akopanim is before in the Gemara that even though Me'ikar Din she is yaitse with the spitting that comes before Chalitza's sandal. However, since in the Pasuk the Seder is first the removal of the shoe and only afterwards Rikika, if not for the fact that there would this be kilkel that would come out, we would have told her to spit again in order to mekayim the Seder the way it's written in the Pasuk. Based on this Gemara, the Paiskim want to come out with a Chiddush L'Halacha. In the Shal Shushuvah's Torah Lishma in Simon Aleph, he talks about a Shaila where someone who did not have his talus available, all he had was his tefillin, and therefore he put on his tefillin first, and afterwards they bring him his talus. And the question is, is he mechliyev to remove his tefillin in order that he should first be lavish the talus and then the tefillin? In order to mekayim the halacha, that the levisha should be kaseder, the seder is to first the talus and then the tefillin? And who had then a similar question, someone who did not have a tefillin shalyad, and all he put on was his tefillin shal raish, and then they bring him his tefillin shal yad. So should he first remove his tefillin shal raish in order to make the proper order of first placing the tefillin shal yad and only afterwards the tefillin shal raish, or not? That was the question that was phrased to this Paisik. So the Tari Lishma writes that besides for the reason why we first put on talus and then the tefillin, al-tamalim b'kaydash v'eimayridin, one is supposed to go up in Kedusha, the Beis Yosef is mavur another two reasons. Number one, the Beis Yosef says because Tadr v'she'enay Tadr, Tadr kaidem. We know the Allah is that if you have one mitzvah, which is done much more often than another mitzvah, so Tadr v'she'enay Tadr, Tadr kaidem. Talis is called Tadr, because Tzitzis is naig even on Shabbos and Yom Tif. Mashenkin is considered the Enay Tadr, because it is only naig during the weekday. So he says that's one reason the Beis Yosef writes why first do the talos and then the tefillin. And number two, the Beis Yosef writes that tzitzis is shakal k'negek all mitzvahs. Tzitzis is equal to all the mitzvahs and therefore it is din to yimachdamit before the tefillin. Then the Torah Lishma proceeds to yimachiyah from our suya that we see if not for the fact that there will be this extra gezera if she would go ahead and spit a second time we would have been mechaiv the Yavama to go ahead and spit another time in order that the Seder should be in the proper order of removing of the shoe and then Chalitza. He says, if so, Huadin over here, he feels that Psak is a person should remove his tefillin in order to be able to first put on his talis and afterwards the tefillin to do it in the proper order. And Huadin, he should remove his tefillin shall raish in order to first put on the tefillin shall yad and then the tefillin shall raish. And that's how he paskins halachalomais. The Gemara further in the Sugya tells us a story with Levi that Levi once came to a city where they had asked from Levi three questions. The question number one was, Agidemis Maushataklitz, a Yavama who is an amputee, she's missing her arms. What's the halacha with her as far as Chalitza is concerned? Rashi explains the question is, is she allowed to remove the shoe with Shineha with her teeth? Gemara says, Levi did not know the answer. He came to ask the question in the Besmedish, and they answered him, Does it say that she has to remove the shoe by hand? All it says in the Pasig is, She must remove the shoe. And therefore, it is kasha for her to remove the shoe with her teeth as well. Now, in Shulchan Aruch and Arachayim, Simintafresh non Aleph Sift Alad, brings down halacha as far as the mitzvah of Nitilas rule of an asterisk. And the Chaber Paskins, Adam She'ein Layad, a person who is missing a hand, Noitel Halulav, the asterisk Bizraim. So, with one hand he takes the Lulav, and the asterisk he takes with his arm. He doesn't have a hand, but he has an arm. The asterisk is taken by the arm. Now the Mogan Avram over there in Sifkat in Yud brings down from the Rekeah, that the Rekeah as well echoed this same Yisait, that someone who only has one hand, it's better for him to go ahead and take the Lulav in one hand, and the asterisk in his arm, 
But Vas Achas, like this, he's taking both Minim at one shot, rather than taking the Luv in his hand and afterwards taking the Asterig in his hand, even though the Halacha is that if one takes the Dal Minim, Zachas, that one is Yoytze. However, the Milo of taking Vas Achas supersedes this, even though one of the Minim is being taken, Bizraya, with his arm. Then the Rekach goes further and he brings a riot to this Yisaid. That one could go ahead and be yaitse with taking the esrig in his arm. From the Gemara in Sanhedrin on Daf The Gemara over there talks about a Mitzayra who's missing his thumb, where the din is that blood needs to be placed on the Bayhan Yad. Over there, the Gemara says he places it on Mekayma, on the area where the thumb used to be, and one is yaitse with that. So from there, we see this Yisait. That even though you're not actually putting it on the bayin itself, on the thumb itself, you're putting it on mekoymai, that's good enough. And Huadin over here, even though he's taking the Esrik Bizrayai with his arm, not with his hand, one is still yaitzu with that. The Magan Avram, however, is bothered by the words of the Rekeach. What is the Raya of the Rekeach from over there by the Mitzayra, who has, doesn't have a bayin, over there at Sagibin and Sinal Mekoymai? We know this is only the Shita of Rebbe Liezer. However, the Rabbanon, who we Paskin like, they hold that a Mitzayra who does not have a Bayan Yad or a Bayan Regal, ain't like The truth is, he's not allowed to place it, have the blood placed on the Makam where the Bayan used to be. And so Paskin's the Rambam in Parakei, If so, according to the Rambam, it would seem, it's better for the person to take the Lulav and the Esrug Bazachar using his hand. However, at the end, the Mangan Avram comes out that Efsher, that when it comes to over here, the Rambam would be Maskim, though when it comes to Mitzayri, he holds one's not Yaitse on the Makam, but by Luv and Esrig, it's better to take the Luv in one hand than the Esrig Bizrayi, because over here, the Torah does not say, Lakachdim Biyad. The Torah doesn't say to take the Luv and Esrig with your hand. The Torah just says, Lakachdim. And therefore, it is a kim even if the esrog is being taken bizrayai in his arm. And the Magen Avram still suargamar. Magen Avram says we find the same concept in Parakid Beis the Yavamis, and in the Kavanah of the Magen Avram is lachar arsugya, where Argamar says that it's good enough for the Yavama to remove the shoe with her teeth, because since the Torah does not say the chalza biyad, she has to remove the shoe with her hand. Therefore, the chalza is niskayim even with her teeth. And Huadin the Magad Aram is telling this too. Since the Torah does not say L'kachtem biyad, the Torah just says L'kachtem, therefore it suffices for the L'kichah, the Luv and Esrik to be done with the person's arm. And so writes the Graal over there in Shulchan Aruch and Sifkat and Dalid, in Divri Amaschul Adam, he says, look in the Beis Yosef that he quotes the Rekeach. However, the Rekeach is only this because he stolts to the Gemara that it's similar to a person who's missing a Bayin Yad or Bayin Regal, where it's okay to just put it on the Kaimai. It doesn't seem that the Rekeach is accurate in this. Rather, the Pshat is, like the Gemara says in Yavamis, and he means like the Magan Avram. And so writes the guy in the Chenkasa Magan Avram. In the same way the Sugin Yavama says, Hayaisa doesn't say the Chalsa Biyad, so Melo can be in the sky and even with the teeth. So who I think when it comes to Lakachtem Lachem Biyem Marishain, since it does not say Lakachtem Biyad, so Nilkicha is in the sky and just as well. So it comes out that both according to Magan Avram and the Vulnagain, there's a Raya from our Sugya as far as this Halacha, that when it comes to Natila Sulav and Esrig, it's enough to be taken with just the person's arm. You don't need dafka the yad, since it doesn't say lakachtam biyad, similar to our sugya, since it doesn't say vechaltza biyad, therefore it's good enough for her to do it with just her teeth. Now in our sugya we come out that since by chalitza it does not say vechaltza biyad, therefore Rashi says even kasha for her to remove the shoe by using her teeth. However, the shari tshuva over there in Shulchan Aruch and Simfkat and Yid Aleph brings down to the mari malchai that he holds as well, that someone who does not have hands or arms, he should pick up Lul of an Esrik using his teeth, using his mouth. Similar to what we find by Chalitza, that she's able to do Chalitza with her teeth, since it doesn't say Chalitza Biyat. However, the Shari Tshuva himself takes issue with this. He says it's Kashalani is Daiti to say that someone could go ahead and take a Lul of an Esrik using his teeth. It would seem to him this is not Bechal Lekicha, this is not the darach of taking something, and therefore one should not be able to be yaitse with using his mouth.
Now the Shari Tshuva is a little bit hard to understand what exactly is bothering him. Well, when it comes to removal of the shoe as well, it's not the normal darah for a person to remove a shoe using their teeth. But Hayais, the Torah, does not say the chalatz biyad. The Torah just says the chalatz. Therefore, the Gemara says it will be kosher for her to remove the shoe with her teeth. So if so, ma'ishno l'kichas luluv an esrik from chalitzas asandol. Since by luluv an esrik as well, it just says l'kachtem. So l'chayr, the Ma'ari Malchai is right. Why would it not be the same thing that should be kosher to be done even with the teeth? However, this chiddush that we find in the Shari Tshuva, that he wants to be mechalak between chalitzas asandol and the tilas luluv an esrik, because l'kicha is mashma, a lashon of a normal darak l'kicha, we find in the Shari Tshuva's hilchas ketanis, Chelik Aleph Simon Ayin Zayin as well. Over there as well, he talks about a case of a Gidaim who does not have any arms. Is he able to take Lul of an Esrig with his teeth? On this, he writes that Kamendumali would seem to me, Nishab is a I seem to remember, recall, Ein Lakicha El Biyad. Lakicha, taking, is always with the hands. And then he proceeds to bring a riot to this from the Shal Shashuvah Sarajba. Simon Aleph Reish, where the Rajba over there is discussing taking the Luav in one's left hand, and on this the Rajba says, Atta Yeminksiv, does the Torah say the Luav must be taken specifically in the right hand? All it says is Lakicha, and therefore since all it says is to take, Huadin taking in the left hand is taking. Now the question is, why doesn't the Rajba say even stronger, that since it doesn't say Lakicha biyad, the din is you can even take it with your teeth. From the Raja would be mashma that since Saifkal Saif it says lakachtem, lakachtem the Raja understands mean taking biyad. And just the Raja is saying as far as being bedafka the right hand, hayais doesn't say you mean in the Torah, lakircha could be niskaim as well with the left hand. As they zokt, the shalos shuvas hilchus ketanis. Also in the Sefer Bikur Yaakov in Simon Tafresh and Aleph Sifkatin Yeches brings down this big mavucha in the Achrayim. Is the Natila of Lul of an Asterik Kasher to be done with someone's teeth, his mouth? With the Das Mari Mochai brought in the Birka Yosef is that with Shinov is called the Lakicha, similar to what we find by Chalitza, the Archlaner proceeds to say that it would seem to him a Raya to the Mari Malchai. That where it says Lakicha, there is no Tanai, you need Lakicha Dafka in the hand, and Huadin would be Kasher with the teeth. Zok the Archlaner, because it says in Shulchan Aruch, they're even allowed to take the Esther with the arm. So we see Lekicha obviously is not limited only to the hand. The teeth would be the same thing, the same way in Shulchan Aruch it says, the arm is good enough, so Huadin with the teeth as well should be good enough. Another Raya the Archlanar says that the Lashon Lekicha we find is not Bedafka limited to the hand, because it's Kapaskint in Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea, Simon Zion, that if someone has a knife set up, with a gilgo, with a whale, that he goes ahead and causes it to do a shechita by causing the whale to move, and he's megalgalit beragla, he causes it to turn with pedals with his feet, the din is the shechita is kasher. Now the Gemara and Chulun and Zayin learns out that shechita b'mechubar is possible. If someone would go ahead and do shechita with a knife that's attached to the ground, the din is such a shechita is not kasher, because you learn that from the Pasuk, Vayikach es ha-macheles, Lishchait es That Shrita needs a Lekicha. And something which is Mechubar is not considered Lekicha. If so, we see that though there is a Din Lekicha when it comes to Shrita, still when a person pedals and causes the knife to turn and do a Shrita on the animal, that is considered Lekicha. So even though it's a Lekicha, but still he's doing it through his foot. So why is that considered a lekicha? Obviously we see even lekicha beragel is considered a lekicha. And therefore huadin a lekicha with the teeth as well should be able to be kashered to be used for lul of an asterisk. The Elchanar ends off that one cannot ask on him from the sugi in Yuma where the Gemara in Yuma and Achmem Zayin Ahmed Aleph talks about as far as the Kaingadal going in with Nail with Nim on Yom Kippur to bring the Katiris where in his hands he has the Katiris itself and he's bringing in the machta as well, and the Gemara is trying to figure out how exactly is, going, is he going to maneuver this. And at one point the Gemara says, well maybe with his teeth he'll go ahead and carry in the machta, and then place it on the ground that way. On that the Gemara says, Hashta lefnei melech basavidam, one does not do like this, lefnei melech machin lachem kadosh baruchu, alachas kama vikama. 
So it would seem that there is halacha when it comes to mitzvahs. One cannot go ahead and do it with his teeth. It's not derech covered. And if so, that itself should be a paisal. That one cannot take the lulav and asik with his teeth. And this, the Archoner says, that's no raya. Perhaps this is only b'negei avaydas kahuna and befrat avaydu lufnai lufnim. But when it comes to asiyas hamitzvah, that's not considered a pagam and covered klapei maila if it is done with his teeth. And b'chlal over here is a einis. He has no other choice. The male it's not considered a pagam in the covered hamitzvah. And this that it's pasha by the Archoner, that since it says in Shulchan Aruch, that one can take the little of an asterisk even with his arm. So we see Lekicha does not need dafka the hand, and Mamela Huadin will be kasher with the one's teeth. The Emes is that in Sha'ar Mitsyanim Halacha, he says that perhaps there's a chilik between the two. Because we find when it comes to putting on tefillin, where the Torah says, on your yad, yet we find that one puts his tefillin on his arm. So we find even in the Lashon HaTayra, that the arm is considered the yad. And therefore, Zakti Sharm Mitsyan Mu'alacha, that though it says in Shulchan Aruch that one could be Yaitse, the Tilasul of an Asr with his arm, that's because the arm is also Bechlal Yad. And therefore, there's no raya from there that Huadin, a person, could do it with his teeth. The Pshat in the Archlaner, where the Archlaner feels this is a raya, because the Archlaner understands that the crux of the question, whether one could do the Tilasul of an Asr with one's teeth, is dependent upon, do I say, that lekicha taking is normally with a person's hand. And therefore, Zakhtar Klaner, the Rai is not just the language whether the arm is called B'chaliyad or not. Rather, there's a fundamental question over here. Taking is taking something which is limited only to the hand. And therefore, the Klaner is saying that the arm and the teeth, as far as this is concerned, is the same question. If I say taking is dafka with a person taking with his hand, so Mela, who had the Zeraya, should not be kasher. And Zaktar Khaner, from the fact that the arm is kasher, so you see, Lekicha is not limited dafka to what we know as the hand. Mela, who had bishinayim, should also be good. Now, as far as the etzvachinish that comes out from our Silya, the Bechalitza, she's allowed to go ahead and be chalitz bishineha, since the Torah only writes vechalitz and it does not stress vechalitz biyad. The Birchaz Avram asks on this a very strong question. Because the Gemara Mesechtes Psachim on Nafchaf Gimel Amit Aleph teaches us that according to the Tanakama, Unitatem by Arla, when the Torah says about planting a fruit tree, and there's halachas of Arla, Arnaig, over there the Gemara says that when Unitatem is mashma, we're talking about an individual planting a fruit tree. Lafuke Arabim, a public planting a fruit tree. Rashi over there explains. Because the Netatim is Mashman individual, the ain't derech rabim luntaya. It's not the derech generally for a whole public together to plant a fruit tree. Now the Rabbi Chanan over there in Kaivit Shiurim, in Mesechus Psachim on Ais Sadivav, points out from this Rashi we see a klal gadol in Kol Dine Taira. That wherever the Taira talks about doing something, the Taira is referring to the normal derech. He says that is the same logic why an achila shaleke derech, one is pateron, if someone eats not in a normal fashion, and who had by mitzvahs, if one eats not in a normal way, he cannot fulfill the mitzvah, because whenever the Torah says to do an act, the Torah is referring to the normal way of doing the act. And if so, when the Torah says plant a tree, since it's not the derech of a rabbin to plant a fruit tree, the Torah must be referring to a yachid. If so, ask the berchus avram, Granted that it does not say by chalitza, the chalitza biyad, all it says is to remove the shoe, but levadai, this should go into the regular klal, that it's not the derech to be chalitz with the shinayim, with the teeth, and the Torah should be talking about the normal derech. The Baruch Ram wants to answer, we have to say that it's mucha from here, that Rabbi Chanan's Yusayid is really totally dependent upon each individual. And when the Torah talks about something, the Torah is talking about what the normal darat is by each individual. And since by Agidim, since by someone who has no arms, the darat to be chaylet is with the teeth, if so, the Torah is talking about such a situation as well. And this is not included in the issue of Shalai Kedarach. The Gemara just means to say, if we would just say, Betheirish v'chol biyad, so then there will be a new Zeres HaKasot, the Chalitza has to be done only with the hand. 
But now that the Torah does not say v'chaltzaviyad, so the Torah is talking about a normal derech. So by someone with no hands, indeed, the normal derech of removing the shoe is with the teeth. Now moving along, there's a very fascinating question that spirals out from our Gemara, which the Marsham and the Avinezer dealt with in their times. In Shalat Yeshuvah's Marsham, Chelik Aleph, Simon Yedalad, over there he's writing a tshuva to the Avinezer. The story was there was a woman in the city of Addis who married a man, and what happened was afterwards she found out that he was a tremendous Balmum. It was impossible for her to live with him. She ran away from him. After time, they convinced her to go back, and she tried again a few times to be with him for a few days. It was not possible. Eventually, this fellow ended up dying without any children, and he left a brother from Dina Sayam across the ocean, very far away, miles away, in America, in the city of Portland. And this fellow who lived in Portland, the brother of the person who died, so he was a Russia, and he was a Kaifer Batayra, Akedekach, he was Mavaza the Rav from Idis, he asked him to perform for this woman, the Indian Chalitza, and he laughed at the whole mitzvah and the Torah, and now the question is what to do. At this point, at least, they got him to agree that if the woman will make a shliach, will travel to him in Portland to do the Chalitza process, this much he'll agree to do. The question is based on the fact, is there halacha of shlichas mitzad the isha? Could a Yavama go ahead and make a shliach for the Chalitza process? This question was brought in front of the Adenezer, and the rope from Idis brought down that which it says in the Sefer Yad Shloima, from Reb Shloima Hillel, who was the dying in the Kehillah in Varsha. The Yad Shloima wants to argue that this Techalitza does not work Aide Shliach, is only referring to the Yavam, the one who the Chalitza is being done to, the shoe is being removed from him, the Shliach of the Chalitz, on that such a thing, Shlichus does not work. Because we know a concept that by Mitzvah Begufai, Shlichus does not work. Like the Taishas Rid writes in the beginning of the second parak of Kedushin, and like the Taisa Chayshen explains in Simon Kuf Pebez, that by Amidi Debemela, something which there is no action involved, that there's no Maisa, Shlichus does not work. And over here, the Yavam is just passive. He's just sitting there, standing with the shoe, and she's removing the shoe from him. He's not doing an actual action, Bishasta Chalitza. He's just passively allowing the shoe to be removed from his foot. And therefore, making a Shliach could only work if we say that the foot of the Shliach is like his foot. And that we don't say. He says it's similar to Anachas Tfilin, the Ktais writes, the same way you can't make someone a Shliach to put on Tfilin for you. The Ktais says, because the end of the day, it's not the person, it's not considered his hand where the tefillin is being placed. Mashenka and the Isha, who's doing an action, on an action, it's child to make a shliach. That's what the Yad Shloima wanted to say. Marsham brings them from Avnezer, that Avnezer argued that from our sugi we see that even when it comes to the Isha, she cannot make a shliach for her chilek of the chalitza procedure. And his raya is, because our sigya talks about a yavamagi demis, a yavama who has no arms, where the din is chalatzes bishineha, she is still able to perform the chalitza procedure by removing the shoe with her teeth. Zakta avdei nezer, if the halacha is that the isha is allowed to make a shliach for her part of the chalitza, so if so, why should she have to go through the whole tircha of removing the shoe with her teeth, let her just go ahead and make a shliach. Elal karchel zakta avinez, it would seem from here, that the halacha is that when it comes to the woman as well, the woman cannot make a shliach for the chalitza that she must do. However, the marasham writes back to the avinezer that he feels that there is no raya from our silya. Because we can say that be'emes, la'elam I'll tell you, shlichus does work, mitzad yivama as well, when it comes to chalitza. And yet still, our Gemara has to say that she is able to perform the chalitza by removing it with her teeth. Because we know a klal when it comes to shlichus, that something, something that the mishaleach is not able to perform, he cannot make an agent to perform that action for him. And like the Gemara learns out in the Gemara himself, the Kedushin, where the Gemara has a question whether the Kehanim are viewed as Shluchim of Klal Yisrael to bring the carbon, or are they Shluchim from Hashem? And on that the Gemara says it must be that they are Shluchim from Hashem and not Shluchim from us, 
Because mi kamidi, is there anything, de'il lai matzi avid, where the person himself cannot perform this act? Umatzi mashvi shliach, and he can make an agent, make a shliach to perform the act for him? Of course not. If a person himself cannot do an action, so you cannot send someone as a replacement for him. And therefore the marsham says, Avada at the end of the day, the Yavama could go ahead and make a shliach for another person to remove the shoe. But the Gemara still has to know whether she herself is capable of doing the Maisa Chalitza. Would it be kasha for her to do it if she removes it with her teeth? Because if the case is that she is not kasha to do it with her teeth, if so, a shliach also would not suffice. The Marsham brings a riot to his Yisaid from a Taisi Yishanim Mesech des Erevin on Daf Yud Gimel, where the Taisi Yishanim brings a raya that we must say that this that a get is written by a cipher is not going with the Indian of Shlichus that he is a messenger of the husband. Because there's no din that the husband needs to write his get that we have to say that the cipher is a messenger of his. Zat Taisi Yishanim, I'll bring you a raya. Because if there will be Allah of Shlichus, if so, someone who's missing his hands will not, able to, will not be able to tell a cipher to write a get for him. Because since he can't do it, he can't make a shliach. So you see what I'm saying? You see that the Gemara's Kavana just means that she obviously has to be able to be chayot b'shineha, because if she cannot be chayot b'shineha, who adin, she cannot make a shliach. But enechanami, once the Gemara comes out that Yavama is allowed to be chayot b'shineha, who adin, she could go ahead and make a shliach for the chalitza procedure. Now later on, in Shal's Shuv's Marsham, there's another tshuva, in Chelek Aleph, Simen, Kuf, Laman, Hey. Over there, the Avnei Nezer explains to the Marsham what his kavana was. Avnei Nezer says, I agree to you, Mitzad Lamdis, logically, what you're saying. That the Gemara must say that Yavama is able to be chalitz b'shineha, because if not for the fact that she herself could perform the chalitza procedure, she would not be able to make a shliach. Zokta Avnei Nezer, my raya wasn't from the Gemara. Rather, my raya was from the words of the Paiskim. Where the Paiskim just bring on this halacha that a Yavama who has no arms is chaletis bishineha. If the halacha is that now she can make a shliach, so the Paiskim should have told us, by the way, there's a much easier way how to do it. Once she's able to be chaletis bishineha, now the halacha is she could just send a shliach to remove the shoe. On this, the Marsham says he feels that's not a raya. The Paiskim are just bringing down the way it's brought down in the Shas. But one cannot bring a raya from there that she cannot send a shliach for the chalitza. The Avdi Nezer later then says perhaps we could bring a raya to the opposite. That Yavama is allowed to send a shliach for chalitza. From the words of Yonis and Ibshitz, where he writes in the Sefer Avas Yonis and Alatayra and Parshitz Vayechi, he has a Gerson Argamara Gidemes Chalitzas Bepiyah. Agidemes, a woman, Yavam with no arms, is able to do chalitza with her mouth. And Zatu Bienis and Aipshitz, the Kavana is, she could do chalitza by mouth, meaning by being Mamana Shliach, by telling a Shliach to go in her place. On this, the Marsham answers him back, that's very good according to that Girsa, but what about our Girsa that says, Chalatis Bishineha? And therefore, the Marsham comes out, Lahalafu Maisa. Even though he has different svaras to say that perhaps there is a makam to imat to her to do chalitza ide shliach, but since all the other paiskim are against it, therefore he's not going to go ahead and connect them and be mat to her to send the shliach to do the chalitza. One final interesting question that comes out from our sugya in the Shal Shuvas Ramavipanoi in Simulamaches, he talks about a question of a cipher going ahead and writing a pair of tefillin, a mezuzah, with his mouth. He said it's puzzle because all we find is gidemes chalatis b'shineha. He says because over there there is no halacha of yamin. There's no halacha that you need the right hand. Ashenki, when it comes to ksiva, that there's a special halacha of yamin. When it comes to dvarim shebekedusha, the sefer Achuma writes it's minatayra because since it's not darach ksiva b'smal, like the Gemara says in Masechet Shemus and Afkuf Gimel, so kol shekain it's not the darach ksiva bepet. However, the Yavitz in the Sefer Maruk he argues with Marami Panay, and he says the same way that by Gidemes, she's allowed to do Chalitza with her teeth, because the Torah just says the Chalitza, it doesn't say the Chalitza, the Yad, who had in the Torah says the Chalitza, the Mezuzais, 
The Torah doesn't write the biyad, and therefore, for the very same reason, it should be kasher even ksiva the pet. The Gemara further brings down that when Levi came to the city, a second question was posed to him. They asked him, Yavama shirakukadam mahu. What is the din if a Yavama spits blood? They answered in the Bay Midrasha, does it say Vyarka Raik that she must spit spittle? All it says is Vyarka. And since all it says is Vyarka, so when she splits blood, it is Kasher as well. And the way Rashi understands the Sugya, that the Gemara means to say, if it would have said Vyarka Raik, then I would say it has to be that everything she spits is only spittle, nothing else. However, since it just says Vyarka Stam, so therefore we say it is kasher, even if she spits blood, since within the blood it's yashel adam reik. Within the blood there are definitely particles of spittle, so that's good enough since there's no xeris akasuv of the yarka reik, that she must only spit spittle. So the kitzer it's coming out from Rashi, that Rashi understands our sugya, that our sugya is working together with that which the Gemara writes later on. Later on, the Gemara says, Shalchalei Lavu, the Shmuel, he sent a message to the father of Shmuel, Yavama Shiraka Dam Tachlet, a Yavama that spat blood. So now she cannot further do Yibam, it's considered a Chalitza Psula. It's impossible for the blood not to have particles of spit within it. Rashi learns it over here as well when he answered Miksiv Yarka Reich, he was saying similar to what it says in the Sigil later on. Since there is no Xeris Akasav of Dafka spittle and not something else, so if so, it's okay with spittle mixed together with blood. However, the Rush over here in Simon Yud Beis takes issue with Rashi Pshat, and the Rush learns there are two things going on over here. The ones who answered in the base Madish Miksiv Yarka Reich, they hold that even if it's completely made up of blood, it's still considered a good spit. And so writes the Ravid, it's a time in the Mistabra, it makes sense to learn this way, since it does not say Dafka Reich in the Torah, all it says is Vyarka, and therefore it is kosher even if it's completely comprised of blood. And the Ravid says, there's no stira to this that it says later on, that Iyaf Shaladam Reich. That Bryce is talking about, where she does the Rikika, not in the Zman of the Chalitza procedure. She stam goes ahead and spits. So the din is that even Shalayim Mitzvah, spitting Al-Kopanim, is able to make a psal. When it comes to spitting, being able to make a psal, over there, the way the Karman Asanel explains, they only made a gzera in a normal case. And since a normal case is only with spittle, therefore without the Svar Avi, Eshel Adam, the light of Tzuchei they would not have made a psal, Midr for now the Yavam to Miyabim, the Yavama. However, earlier on, what they were answering in the base Medrash was talking about, where the spitting is done at the actual time of the Chalitza. There was a removal of the shoe as well. And she spat. Over there we're saying that the spitting of a thing which is totally comprised of blood is also considered a kashura spitting when it comes to Chalitza. So it comes out we have here a big machlaikas between Rashi on one side and on the other side we have the Ravid and the Rash. According to Rashi's Mahalach in the Sugya, the only time it's kasher, spitting of blood, is only because we say within the blood there are particles of Reich, of spittle. Mashenkin, according to the Ravid and the Rash, even if she'll go ahead and be Reichik, Kuleid Dam, it's still considered Vyarka, because the Torah doesn't say Vyarka Reich, and therefore it is considered a kasher of spitting. Now the shaila is what exactly is the site of the machlekes here between Rashi and the Ravid and the Rash. The Berchas Avram wants to say that there's a fundamental machlekes what it means v'yarka in the Torah. And the Torah says the Yavama must be v'yarka. According to Rashi, the yarka is only possible if there's a matzias of spittle. Without that, it does not have a shamer kika. And therefore, Rashi is forced to say that even earlier in the Gemara, when they answered in the Mesmedish, Miksa the Yarka Reich, all they meant to say was that if it would say the Yarka Reich, it would mean the thing would be totally have to be comprised merely of spittle. Masha'enke, now that it says the Yarka Stam, even if she spits blood, it's okay because Yasha without particles of Reich. But according to Rashi, without there being actual Reich spittle involved, it's felt, it's not considered the Yarka, it's not considered a Kim of the Yarka. Mashenkin, according to the Rosh and the Ravid, they hold the Yarka is the action of taking of whatever fluid is in one's mouth 
and sending it outside. Be and therefore they hold, even if it's total dam, I feel it is kasher as far as the chalitza is concerned. Now, as far as the third child that they asked Levi, what is the pshat in the pasuk? The agad lechas harashim b'ksav emes. The Maal tells Daniel, I will tell you that which is written down, which is true. And it asks the question, is there ksav she'enei emes? On that, the Gemara explains it means kider shmuel bar ami b'shem reb yonason, where he said that exar din which has a shmuel with it, enei nikra is not ripped up. Like it's learned up from the pasuk lochein if shabati lebeis eli. There was a shvua given to the house of Eli because his children were mezazel and kachim. Therefore, Ladiris, their children, would die young. Afterwards, the Gemara brings down from Rabbah that Rabbah learned that even though Enemis Kaper Bezevachu Mincha, the Pasuk writes, however, there could be found Kapara even to the families of Beis Eli, Ali De Taira. Abaye says, Bezevachu Mincha Enemis Kaper. But the kapara could be found through Tyra and Gemil's chasadim. The Gemara then tells us Rabbah who learned Tyra lived for 40 years, though he came from Beis Eli. And Abai, who was Isaac, both in Tyra and Gemil's chasadim, he lived until he was 60. The Marsha explains there are really three Gimel Amude Ailam, the Mishnah Berk says, three pillars that the world stands upon. Tyra Avoida and Gemil's chasadim. And therefore, Avaidah was not able to be used as an ifan of kapara for the children of Eli, because since they're Mavaza, the Avaidah, and Katega, and However, we are still left with the other two Amudim of Tyra and Gemil's Chasadim. And therefore, Rabbi was Isaac Be'ikr with Tyra, so he was Zaycha for another 20 years to his life, and he lived instead of dying young at 20, he died at 40. And Abaye, who was Isaac, both in Tyra and Gemilus Chasadim, so he was added an extra 40 years, and therefore he died when he was 60. Now later on, the Gemara brings down Rishmul Bar Unya says, B'Shem Rav, how do we know that Exar Din, that is upon a tzibor, even if it was already sailed, Nikra, it's ripped up. Because it says in the Pasuk, Mika Hashem Aleikeinu Bechol Kareinu Elav, who is like Hashem, that at any time we call to him, Tfilus on his gabble. And the Gemara asks, but don't we have its other postage which seems to say that Dirshu Hashem Behimatsai, that there are only certain times when Hashem is found, a person is immediately answered. Gemara explains that there is no contradiction, it depends. An individual, there's only Behimatsai, Dirshu Hashem Behimatsai, a specific time when his tefillahs could work, even to be Kareya Zardin. When it comes to a tzibor, by then, kolzman, they daven, as a tzibor, they have the ability to be kareh the gzardin. The Gemara explains, yachid emas, when does even an individual have this power? And Nachman says, b'shem rab baravua, this is referring to the asara yamim, shebein rosh hashanah v'yom kippur. And the Turi Evan and Masechus rosh hashanah dafir ches asks a very strong question. If that's the case, then a yachid only has the power to mevatel gzardin, during the Asaris Yimei Tshuva, we find by Chizkiyoh HaMelech, where the Navi came and told him, Kimes Ata was nigzer upon him, that he would die and he would not live. And the Gemara tells us that Ayesav Chizkiyoh Panavel Akir, Gemara in Brachla says that his tefillahs were answered. Now he was a Yachid, and this story did not happen during the Asaris Yimei Tshuva. This story took place Pesach time. Zaktaturi Evan, we have forced to say that since Chizkiyahu was a king, therefore the Tzibor was like dependent upon him, and a Melech had a status like the Tzibor, and his Tzfilas could be answered, even not Basar Simei Tshuva. The Aruch says this Mahalach of Duturi Evan is mentioned already in the Shalat Shibus Arajba in Simon Kuf Memchas. The Aruch feels, you could say, another answer that when the Navi told him, it says, Hashem said, I'm going to add to the years of your life. So he says, the pshat over there was not that the Xardin was ripped up, but rather new years were added on to his life, and because of that, it's not called going against the Xardin, and that's why his tefillahs were none. The Mishnah taught us that if a Yavama is a Ketana, and she does Chalitza, the Din is the Chalitza, is not valid. The Gemara explains that Yehuda Marav says this is all the opinion of Rameir. Because according to Rameir, though the Torah just writes when it comes to the Yavam, the Lashon of Ish, that he must be a Gadol, 
But Rameir holds her on Makish Ishalesh. At Huadin the Yavama, the woman must be a Gedola as well. However, the Chachamim, where the Gemara proceeds to prove, which is Rabbi Yaisi's opinion, he holds the Torah only writes Ish when it comes to the man. However, when it comes to the Yavama, the Isha, she is Kshera, Ben Gedola, Ben Ketana, whether she's a Gedola or Ketana, she is Kasher to perform the Chalisa procedure. The Gemara afterwards is Mairuchti Maichiach, that the Chachamim over here is a sheet of Rabbi Yaisi, who holds that a Ketana is Kshera Chalitza. First, the Gemara brings down a story with Rebchir and Shem Berebi that they were sitting, and one of them opened up and began to say, Hamaspal Sarf Shitin Einav Lamata, person whose Maspal has to place his eyes downward, meaning facing, thinking Eretz Yisrael, Shinam, like it says in the Pasik, Vahaya Einai, Velibi Shom Kohayamim. The Pasik says that the Shechino remains in the Besamigdash Kohayamim. And the other Mandamar said that no, we're going with the gears of the Bach, Liba Lamala, the person's heart should be upwards to Shemayim, Shenem, like the Pasuk says, Nisal of Aveinu El Kapayim. The Masha explains that their Machlekes is, after the Churm Beis Hamigdash, what is the proper Makam where a person's focus should be, Vishas Tfila. The first Mandamar Darshans from Vahaya Enai Velibi Sham Kalayamim, which is a reference to the Shechina. That even after the Chorban, the Shechina remains in the Makkah Migdash, and that's where the person's focus should be. Hashem and Adam and Amar says that no, the person's focus should be now the Shechina has gone Lamala, the focus should be up in Shemayim. Rabbi Shmob, Rabbi Yaisi came along and said over Rabbi Shara, Bishem, his father, that Einav Lamata, the Libai Lamala. His eyes should be facing downward and his heart should be facing upwards. And this Zakta Marshal is to Merameh that though the Ikr Shechina now is Bashamayim, but his eyes still should be Lamata because the Baruch Hu is not Mesalik Shinasai Ligamri from the Makamah Migdash. However, the Marshal himself ends off with the Tzas Kasha because here we're coming out, Libay Lamala, the person's heart should be focused up to Shamayim, and yet in Paraktulis Hashachar, in the fourth Parak in Mesechtis Brachlis, we have learned, Hamispal Sarch Shechavin Libay. Connected base Kachya Kadashim, the one who's Mispaul, Shimakhab in his heart, opposite the Kadesh Hakadashim. So how does this work out with Argamar, which says Levi Lamala, his heart should be upwards to Shemayim? He says perhaps we can answer that connected Kadesh Hakadashim, what the Gemara means in Mesechtis Brachis, based on what the Gemara says in the beginning of Mesechtis Tainis, that there's a base Hamigdash Mulmala corresponding to the base Hamigdash Mulmata. And therefore, the two things are true. Liba Lamal is to Shemayim, where in Shemayim, Keneged the Kaddish HaKadashim, which is Lamala. However, he says it's not so much in that way from the Sugim Mesechtis Brachas. The Aruch Lanar as well brings down this stero between the two Sugis. On the one hand, our Sugis says the Kavanah should be Liba Lamala to Shemayim, and yet the Sugim Brachas says Keneged Kaddish HaKadashim. And the Aruch Lanar wants to suggest that Rabbeinu Yoyin and Mesechtis Brachas in the fifth parak is really bavarning and answering this question, where Rabbeinu Yoyna writes that a person should first be mechashev belibai, as if he's standing in Shemayim when he gets up to Davin, should feel as if he's in Shemayim Davening, in order to be meser from his heart, al tanugiyav el mazet. And after he reaches this madrega, afterwards he could go ahead and think as if he's aymed, kenege the kadesh hakadashim. And therefore the two things are not a stira. The Alchonar further wants to say, perhaps we can offer another answer, that Kozman, he stands his spowel before he starts thinking at all, he should think as if his Aymei Kenege, the Kedesh HaKadashim. However, Vishas, the Tzfil itself, then he should be Chayshiv as if he's Bashamayim, as if he went up to Shemayim, to Mispaul, and he says, he ends up, like this final shot, and when he's aimedly spowled before he actually began to dive, and he should think as if he's standing connected to Kaddish HaKadashim. But Vishas Tfila itself, he should feel as if he's in Shemayim talking, as if he went up to Shemayim talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara then proceeds to tell a story where later Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yaisi as well, was the one who said over Vishem, his father, Rabbi Yaisi, that when it comes to the question of Chalitza, whether the Yavama must be a Gedayla, he says, my father said, Ish Kasuv, a parasha. when it comes to the Yavam, he must be a Gadol, Aval Isha, Ben Gedayla, Ben Ketana. However, the Isha may be both a Gedayla or a Ketana. Later on, the Gemara ends off, Rav Ami says, from the words of Rabbi Yaisi, we can learn 
that Ketana Chelatzes Bipa'utais. A Ketana is allowed to go ahead and do a Chalitza provided that she reached the, reach the age of Pa'utais, which is the age of six or seven, Rashi says. Like the Gemara and Mesechtas Gitten teaches us on Nathan Testament Aleph, Ha'pa'utais Mechlan Mechach Memkarin Memkar Bimetaltalin. Once, once a person reaches the age of a pu'utais, a child reaches that age, six or seven, so their mekach is considered a mekach midirabanan. Therefore, as well, benegeh chalitza, since there's no meat against a isha who's a katana, therefore she's kosher as long as she reaches this age because she understands enough to be considered a valid chalitza. The kaivetz ha'aris in simen samach vav, sifkatin vav, says a very beautiful pshat over here in the Gemara. He says, this halacha, that pu'utais, their mekach is a mekach, when it comes to metaltalin, this is a takana der abanan mishum kidechayeyan, in order they should be able to survive. He says, however, we find this same share of pu'utais when it comes to a dindairaisa, namely our Gemara, which says, according to Rabbi Yaisi, a katana is able to do a chalitza once she reaches the age of pu'utais. Zakhtar Abochanan, because there are two halachas as far as a katan is concerned. Number one, there is a halacha by a katan, Kozman, he did not reach Bechal Das, he has a din like a shaitan. There is, however, a second halacha of a katan, that even if he's a katan pikeach, we see that he has understanding like a gadol. However, there's a xeris that the action of a katan ain't a And this is learned out from the Pasuk Ish, Vilay Katan, that a child does not have the ability to be pile Achalais Kinyan, Achalais Kedushin, like it's learned that in the Yishalmi, Perikdal, the Maiser Sheni, Halacha Gimel, Hakom Maiden, the Yishalmi says, Matana, the Matana of a Katan is worthless, the Siv Kiyitain Ish. You need Dafka, Matana of Ish is a Matana, the Matana of a Katan is not considered a Matana. And Huadim Benegea Kedushin, Rashi in the Dharm and Perik Hamadar, Daf Ayin Gimel writes, Katan ain't Kiddush of Klum. When a Katan is Mekadish a woman, the Kiddushin is not valid. The Lav Bar Kichahu, he is not a Bar because it says, Kikach Ish Isha, when a man will take a woman, and therefore his Kiddushin is not valid. And Huadim, when it comes to Chalitza, according to the Mandar, Makshinon Ishal Ish. A Katana cannot be Chalitz, even if she has Das like a Gedaila. However, Zakhtar Abachanan, according to Rabbi Yaisi, since there is no Hakish by Chalitza, to be makish ishal ish, there is no gzair sakasub to pasal a katana. But however, you still have the basic issue that the katan or katana needs to have das. Zakhtar Abachanan, so that what helps us the Indian of Pu'utai. Since we find, by Takadas Achamim, we find that the Chamim were misakin, that a katan is allowed to go ahead and do a transaction. So obviously the Chamim felt that as far as the Pashtun das is concerned, the age of Pu'utais is considered that the katan or the katana has das. And that is halacha ashir dairaisa. That even mi dairaisa, the tyra's machshavit, are considered a das. And therefore the Gemara Kachtel Tzu, that huadim binigeh chalitza, such an age would be a kashra das as far as chalitza. As calls man, there is no gzeris akasav of ish, so then the shir Pu'utais is a share of das, even minat tyra. And he says that was a Kharib Shat in the Rambam, the Rambam writes, A Kitanish al Baila. If there's a young girl who's married who is Mizana Baratsan, she becomes Asr to her husband. And everyone asks on the Rambam, but we know Peter Kitana Ainishu. Even if a katana is convinced to do an Isr, it's viewed as Ainus. Rabbi Khanit says the Pshat in the Rambam is Pashant. The Rambam is talking about a katana which reached the category of das, the das of pu'utais. Before that, in a chanami, she's considered like a shaita, and even if she's convinced to do a maisa, it's considered a maisa ba'inus. However, once she reaches the shir of pu'utais, like we see in our Gemara, that the shir of pu'utais is a valid shir to be considered a das, even midairaisa, so he says over there, Avada, her znus as well, will answer her lebaila. The Gemara brings down, however, that Rava argues with Rav Ami, and he says the shir of pu'utais is not good enough, but rather it needs to be higia lainas nadar. It has to be that the girl already is 11 years old, where her nether, if she'll make a nether, is a vel nether. So that is the age where her chalitza as well will be considered a vel chalitza. As Taisa Kasha, but the Gemara Nidan Parak Yaitse Daifin says that Rabbah says a katana 
שהגיעה לכלל שנעשה אין הצריך לבדיקה חזקה הביאה סימנים. Gemara says that once she reaches the age of generally a girl brings simanim, she does not need a bedika. However, Rava ends off, however, Chalitza, she does need a bedika. So we see that according to Rava, Ketana cannot do Chalitza. Taisus answers Rava over here is going, I'll leave it to Rabbi Yaisi. Masha'enken, Rava himself in a Chanami holds, Ashatavi Shte Cyrus. And that's how the Gemara comes out, Lamaskan over here as well, the Hilkusa, Ashatavi Shte Cyrus, until she brings Shte Cyrus. Her chalitza is not considered a valid chalitza. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a daf or masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.